This is episode 399 of the AWS podcast, released on October 18, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. And I've got not one, but two very special guests, and we're going to be talking about enterprise migrations, which is a big topic. I'm joined by Perez Buva, who is a returning guest. Welcome back to the podcast, Perez. Thank you, Simon. Excited to be back. Good to have you back. What have you been up to? You've been away for a little while podcast-wise, but you've been doing lots of things. (laughs) Sure. As we've spoken in previous podcasts, Simon, I joined Amazon in 2012. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to help many enterprise customers successfully migrate and modernize their business on AWS. A few years ago, I gathered all of those learnings, went on to start and build a team of deeply technical and experienced solution architects in the Americas. My team and I work with customers on all technical aspects of migrations and modernizations, and we are deeply embedded with our sales, professional services, partner and our platform teams to jointly deliver great business outcomes for our customers. I also lead a global community of technical experts in the same area and it has been a very exciting journey and it continues to be exciting every single day. Sounds very exciting. Let me come then to our second guest who's Elizabeth Moon who is the first time on the podcast but a long-time Amazonian. Welcome to the podcast Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Simon. I'm really excited to be here. We're glad to have you here. Now, tell us a little bit about what you do. Now, you're, you're a director here at, at Amazon, so you do some some pretty broad-ranging stuff. Give us a, a taste of some of the things you're concerned about for our customers. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been with AWS now about six years. I started in our professional services team, actually. And so I've had the experience to work really closely with some of our early customers, getting some great experience migrating to AWS at scale. I've taken those lessons learned and now I'm doing some interesting work on our solution architect side. So today I lead a team focused on both industry specialization as well as what we're calling our cloud acceleration programs team. And this includes a team of specialists focused on foundational expertise, security and network, as well as migrations. And certainly migrations is a key focus for us here at AWS supporting our customers as they really scale that adoption. We really helped them learn a lot of lessons, which we fold directly into our work with customers, supporting them on that journey to cloud, helping them accelerate, get things uh, working quickly, building scalable and really resilient cloud architectures. We also have an opportunity to present at uh, conferences like reInvent, and often become published authors. Even some of our essays are writing blogs and white papers, which is a great way to help scale those lessons out with customers. I think that's one of the really interesting things is a big focus for all of us here at AWS is is sharing the lessons with everyone. Cloud is still new for a lot of folks. We sort of live and breathe it every day, but for a lot of people, they're like, well, how how do I migrate an entire data center? How do I I move things across? I think your experience having worked with customers doing it and then helping iterate the, the processes of doing that is really interesting. How do customers move out of their data centers and get to AWS very quickly these days? What's what's kind of the, uh, the, the playbook that we see customers being really successful with? First, I would say, you know, increasingly we are seeing customers realize that there are a lot of benefits from the large-scale cloud adoption and really moving, migrating and modernizing on AWS. 
Cost savings is a lot of times the conversation starter. We see customers like News Corp, who's consolidated 56 data centers down to six and freeing up $100 million for some key business drivers that they have. But oftentimes, as we continue to work with customers, the benefits around operational efficiency, increased resiliency, and again, that business agility is something that we see becoming really, really valuable to our customers. Intuit has told us it takes them one-fifth of the time to set up, build out, do a deployment on AWS, which is really exciting. We're seeing that customers, you know, resources are able to move away from that undifferentiated lifting involved in supporting a data center. Now they're able to focus more on experimentation and innovation on behalf of their end customers. And that's really exciting. Our migration essays, our professional services team, and our business development folks we all partner together to work closely with customers to help them prepare for that large-scale adoption to the cloud. On the SA side, you know, we see customers being very successful using our prescriptive guidance based on the framework we've developed that we use in our migration acceleration program. This is having worked with thousands of customers here at AWS, we've broken down the steps and the journey that customers often take into three key stages. And I can tell you a little bit more about them if you're interested, Simon. Give us that high-level view of, I guess, what, like if, if we're painting a picture for someone of what they, they need to go through and what they need to think about, what are those phases that we know give predictable results? Absolutely. So we've got those three key phases are assess, mobilize, and then migrate and modernize. And I'll start from the assess phase. When we look at helping customers do the assess work involved in a large-scale migration, it's really about understanding what is in their data center today. How can we help them look through and complete that discovery so that we're helping them understand the workloads that are involved, workloads that are in their data center, and complete a high-level TCO, total cost of ownership, that helps them really understand the business case involved in moving to the cloud at scale and exiting those data centers. Our SAs have a bunch of accelerators that we've developed, networking, landing zones, some of those foundational elements that can help customers get through, you know, and learn on their way as they're doing their assessment. Once they move from the assess phase, they go into what we call our mobilized phase. And during the mobilized phase, this is where customers are really starting to get experience. We take a very agile and incremental approach throughout the entire migration and modernization effort. In the mobilized phase, customers are diving deeper to do their planning. They're looking at their workloads and really completing that dependency map between different applications. So they can figure out what migration waves make sense. How do they want to plan out and execute that migration? They're also looking at things like developing a center of excellence so that they can really increase the skills with their team. They're evaluating migration tools, and they're making sure they have the right security and compliance framework in place. And our essays are really there in this mobilized phase along the way to help our customers think through the prescriptive guidance and the best practices in adopting AWS. We always talk about making sure that customers do gain experience all along the way. So even early in this mobilized phase, which is about really setting up the foundation, we really recommend that customers get experience migrating a couple of their early workloads, maybe some that are less complex, some that they can really get a taste for how the migration to AWS is going to work. They learn a lot of lessons through this, and then they can apply those lessons at scale in the migrate and the modernize phase. 
And that's where they're going to stand up multiple teams and start to really accelerate the velocity of migrations. We also see a lot of customers take the opportunity to modernize at this point, adopting, perhaps they're going to adopt serverless, or maybe they'll look at inserting DynamoDB or Aurora, some of our managed services at this point, to help them really get the most out of their cloud adoption. And I think it's interesting, you know, you speak to the fact that we want customers to to learn how to do it themselves early on, because one of the benefits of AWS is self-service. So, you know, that we don't want to be the ones dictating how fast they can go. We want them to go as fast as they want to go. Absolutely. And we definitely want to encourage customers. In fact, I think that getting that early experience is probably one of the most important things for our customers during this process. Because those early wins, we hear this time and time again when we talk to customers. The early wins, those early projects that they bring onto AWS are often really great examples that they can use with the rest of the organization to help the other folks in their organization see what benefits they're going to get from adopting AWS. For example, I was talking with a customer recently, and they mentioned that they had moved a couple of applications early on. And just the ability, these were very simple apps, you know, think, you know, internal website, for example, but by moving to AWS, they were able to increase the deployment frequency and also increase the resilience of their application really, really easily. And those were lessons that they took around to other members of their organization. It was very easy for those folks to see and identify how they would be helped if they started their migration. So that early experience is really important. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's like getting getting those runs on the board of those successes are important. And what are you seeing from a from a cultural standpoint? Because I guess you know, if if we know we have these these three major stages: assess, mobilize, migrate that we can do, and we know that we've done this with thousands of customers. What do you see though, from a, I guess a senior leadership and then a practitioner perspective, from a cultural standpoint, and how the the, the mission is understood of what the organisation is trying to do, what works, and what what when you meet with a customer, you go, yep, yeah, they're going to get, they're going to be successful. They've they've got what they need to to get going. Absolutely, I think this is a really important topic. Customers often ask us, what can they do to make sure they have a successful migration? And what you just mentioned there, you know, executive sponsorship is one of the most important things that our customers tell us has made them successful. We interview a lot of folks about this and really being aligned on what the business is trying to achieve and make sure that all the stakeholders at the executive level are bought in can really help to increase that culture change that that most of our customers are really looking to push through the organization. So as I mentioned, the long-term benefit for customers of doing these large-scale migrations is really about business agility. It's about improving their operational efficiency, making their staff more productive. And oftentimes that also goes hand in hand with an experimentation culture. We do hear our CEOs and CIOs talk a lot about the need to experiment. We want to increase that rate of experimentation, knowing that some of them are going to fail, but that will then allow you to still completely go faster and bring features out to your customers much more quickly. And those kinds of cultural elements are are really the end results, why a lot of customers are moving their portfolios over to AWS. But executive sponsorship and really having the executives clear and understanding those benefits of the cloud and that long-term value that's gained is really helpful in trying to, you know, bring alignment to the rest of the organization. And that makes for a successful migration. Yeah, I, I agree. I've seen it time and time again. Paras, let me come to you. Let's talk about some of those foundational 
elements? I mean, you've been an architect for, for many years now. What are the, the bits that need to be in place to make this work? Yeah, so if you, if you think about, you know, the phases that Elizabeth talked, right? You know, when you're doing the initial assessment, you're getting into mobilize. And the mobilize phase is where you really start to lay down those critical foundations that not just help you with the initial migration, but also helps you long-term with the modernization of your portfolio, right? So the first thing that comes to my mind, again, you know, going back a little bit into the into the sort of the assessment phase, it's really about understanding the deep technical things that are in your application, right? So understanding network dependencies, understanding application dependencies, understanding performance, all those become critical to then going on to design what we call the landing zone, right? So the landing zone is basically AWS's prescriptive framework on how you deploy a multi-account multi-architecture framework in order to scale your organization's capabilities on top of AWS. I'll always like to use a metaphor anytime I'm talking about landing zone. So for a minute, assume that you are running an airport, right? You are the architect of an airport that is a 50 years old airport. It only accepts domestic flights right now to the point where you have to go and go build a new large international airport. Right. So what are some of the things that you have to think about? Well, you have to think about how do passengers get in. Right. What's the security checkpoints? Who has access to what parts of the airport? How are my planes going to move within the airport? How are the vehicles supporting the planes going to move in the airport? So very similarly, you have to think about your landing zone in, in that fashion. Right. You have to think about who are how many accounts am I going to have? How many VPCs am am I going to have? How many organizational units am I going to have? How many security groups am I going to have? How am I going to segment my applications within my landing zone so that my teams can go through a seamless DevOps process, right? So, you know, we always tell customers to start to think about setting up the landing zone in a way that not just accelerates migrations and modernization today, but can also help them scale. And Elizabeth talked about experimentation, right? And when you talk about experimentation, you can always think about, you know, new ways of experimenting, right? You know, what if you gave every person that joined the company a free AWS account? You know, maybe you have a threshold of, you know, $100 or $200 on it. And the real intent of that would be to allow these new employees to go and play around, go and experiment, go try new things out on the AWS cloud, given all the rapid innovation that we are going through. So setting up that, you know, foundation where you're not only allowing your your teams to migrate into, you're also allowing for experimentation, which feeds right back into your experimentation cycle is very beneficial, right? So having that first step, core account structure, having the right amount of service control policies that you can roll out across all the accounts is very beneficial. And when you think about, you know, Foundational capabilities, right? You've got to think about monitoring, logging, security, patching, and all the service control policies and how you're going to roll things out to your each of your individual units. Those become critical too. Now, at AWS, we've also developed the prescriptive framework. So I would just recommend going up and looking up for the AWS landing zone solution. We provide a solution where customers can deploy it on their own and they can, you know, we really walk them through what's part of that landing zone, what it does, uh, what it does not do, 
They also provide the ability to provision guard duty by default. So a lot of the features we've already solved, and I encourage customers to always start from there to set up that foundational elements that you need in order to succeed in your migration. And so once we get the, the baseline right and we do that thinking, and like I said, there's a lot of pre-built solutions and out-of-the-box stuff that just works, and then you can just tweak it according to your own compliance requirements. But one thing that Elizabeth pointed out is once people get going and they're in the migrate phase, they want to move quick. They want the outcome. They don't want the migration process. So how do we help customers move fast? So we at AWS provide a lot of tools to our customers on, and, and, you know, they are free, right? Free to use, uh, for, and I'll again break it down into the same, you know, phases that Elizabeth talked about, right? She talked about assess, mobilize and migrate. So if I look at each of these phases, right, we provide tools for customers so that they can speed up their migration journey, right? So if I look at Assess, the first tool I want to talk about is the migration evaluator, right? This used to be called TSO logic a few months ago. Now it's called migration evaluator. What this really does is it really helps you identify and understand what's in your data centers and provide you with an optimal total cost of ownership report uh, at the end, which helps you as customers make informed decisions. So, you know, think about, you know, having all the, all the data center assets on one side and mapping it to the AWS side and literally seeing the run cost from a long-term perspective on each of those aspects, right? So you'll be able to say, you know, this is what it costs for me to run on AWS and this is what it used to cost me or it currently costs me running on-premise. So that's a tool that is very helpful. In addition to that, you know, we also provide the AWS discovery service, which really is an with service which will help you go into the next level of your application portfolio, right? Really understanding the traffic, understanding what hosts are running, understanding all the network connections and things like that, right? Now that you've got that, you then move into the readiness phase, right? And this is where I like to talk about a service called AWS Control Tower. Now, this is a service that will help you set up that initial landing zone that I just talked about, right? And I definitely recommend taking a look at Control Tower so it can automate and you know, make it a lot faster for you to set up that initial primitive landing zone that you need, and then you can go iterate on top of it. And the third one I'd like to talk about is the AWS Migration Hub. The AWS Migration Hub is really a single location that will help you track the progress of your application migrations across multiple AWS and partner solutions. So, you know, you can think about, you know, things like centralized tracking, providing flexibility to use the right tools for your organization and really providing that visibility in your migration as it goes through those phases. And the third phase, right, going to the migration phase, I'd like to specifically, I mean, we have, we do have a lot of services here as well, but I want to focus on two core services that I'd like to call out. The first one is Cloud Endor, right? Cloud Endor is a service that provides block level replication for your on-premise infrastructure. So think about you know, lifting and shifting, right? Think about what you have on-prem. You basically install Cloud Endor. It does a block-level replication for you and instantiates an appropriate resource on the AWS cloud. So that's the first tool that we've seen customers adopt really well. Again, that's a company that we bought, we acquired a couple of years ago, and customers love having the flexibility of doing block-level replications. The second service I'd like to call out, and this is a talk, this is a service that we talked about at length, Simon, a couple of years ago, is the database migration service. The database migration service helps you do homogeneous and heterogeneous migrations. For context, 
homogeneous migrations are when you go from one engine to the exact same engine uh, on AWS. So, for example, if you're running on Oracle today and you move to Oracle on AWS, that's a homogeneous migration. A heterogeneous migration, on the other hand, is when you move from one source to another target. So, for example, you might be running a commercial off-the-shelf database like an Oracle or a SQL server, and you might be wanting to you know, lower the cost of ownership or make it, you know, make your applications much faster and rebuild using purpose-built databases like you know, the NoSQL DynamoDB database or the Amazon Aurora database, which continues to be AWS's fastest growing service till date. So with the database migration service, you, you know, anytime you're doing a heterogeneous migration, you start off with doing a schema assessment and we provide a tool called the schema conversion tool. And then you use the database migration service to actually move the data. So, you know, there are lots of tools that AWS natively provides. In addition to that, our partner tools are really helping our customers as well. A lot of customers might already have some of these partner tools that they might be using on premise, right? So, you know, in those cases, customers can continue to use the, those partner tools to accelerate their migrations to AWS as well. So it's a broad array of, you know, tools that AWS provides and the tools that our amazing partner ecosystem provides that helps customers move the needle and move faster to AWS. So we've got the landing zone, we've got the tools, be they Amazon Web Services tools or third-party tools and, and Migration Hub helps bring that all together. But really when people are looking at things, they're, they're typically looking from an application perspective and that's where they want to figure out, you know, is this an application I need to keep? Do I just move it? Can I optimize it? Do I have to retire it? What What's the approach of thinking about that? And is it, there's a really, I think, specific and interesting approach we take with customers that seems to be a great filter through which to look at this problem domain. That's a great question, Simon. And we see this with a lot of customers where they ask us, right, what should be our mental model and how should we be thinking about moving these applications over? Because then you make decisions at an application level, right? Although you can start to group applications, you still want to make decisions on every application. Because honestly, you know, while you're migrating, while you're moving, it's a great opportunity for you to consolidate some of these apps. And you might be surprised. Customers often find applications that have never been used, and then they go on to retire them. So we have a prescriptive framework here. We call it the seven R's of migration. It's basically the seven strategies of migration, right? And it's done at an application level or a portfolio of applications level. So I'll walk you through the seven R's. The first one is rehost. Right. And I talked about Cloud Indoor over here a couple of minutes ago. And this is where Cloud Indoor is really very useful. Right. It's basically taking what you have, packaging that up, instantiating a resource on AWS that'll help you move that application as is. So that's one pattern. The other pattern we see is when customers choose to repurchase. So, for example, if you're running an HR system and you want to move from that into a commercial off-the-shelf or a SaaS application, you would use a repurchase strategy there. The third one that we see is refactor, right? And refactor is basically, you know, think about the monolith to microservices example, right? When, where, for example, you have a monolith that's never been touched for 30 years uh, or it's, it's living on a really old technology stack. And customers oftentimes want to move and want to take out that undifferentiated heavy lifting, as Elizabeth said, in order to, you know, make it more agile. This is where customers can, you know, think about customers can use frameworks like the strangler pattern, right? Uh, It's basically where you're strangling application logic 
continuously in order to break them down into smaller microservices-based architectures. So, you know, in this scenario, customers would typically redesign the application. They would rewrite the application code. They would apply their ALM, SDLC, DevOps processes around it. They would integrate using you know, all the tools and all the other services that we've got, like the managed services, right? And then they would migrate. The other patterns involve you know, replatforming where customers basically move to a different platform. You know, for example, you can think about you know, customers running on a specific load balancer, moving to on a commercial load balancer, moving to an elastic load balancer, right? That might that that's one example. Another example would be where customers are using a CDN provider that is off the in the market and moving it to a service called Amazon CloudFront. So those are some examples where customers lift, tinker, and shift. So that's another pattern. The next one is relocate. This is specifically for customers running VMware Cloud, right? Uh, where they can basically use VMware extensions that we provide and the amazing partnership that we have with VMware to basically extend that into the AWS Cloud and continue to grow from that point on. And the last two patterns are retain and retire. Retain is when customers think this is not a very critical application. I can probably, you know, use one of the other patterns to figure it out. And then I'm just going to leave it, you know, for the next one year or so when it naturally just goes away. The last one is retire, right? This is where customers say, you know, the, the, the scenario we talked about, right? That you know, sometimes they don't even realize that they have these applications and they really don't need it. So they just, you know, decide not to take it to the cloud and just let it retire on premise. So, you know, these are the seven strategies that we see customers utilizing while they plan their migration waves and as they move into their migration factory approach. So there's a lot of information there. Where do they go to have a look at how they get started and to really absorb some of that strategy? Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of resources that we have published. The first resource I'd like to call attention to is our, you know, public website, so customers can go to aws.amazon.com slash cloud dash migration. I'll repeat that, aws.amazon.com slash cloud dash migration. And in there, you'll find great resources on how do you migrate and you know everything I talked about, right? It's all available over there. And we provide a lot of resources, including you know testimonials from customers on what's worked best for them. The other innovation that we have done as a migrations team is to build out a self-service tool. And you mentioned this a few minutes ago, Simon, a self-service tool that really help customers walk them through uh, and envision how to do the migration. So we call it the Migration Immersion Day. It's available publicly. I'll, we'll post the link in, in the abstract. And what the Migration Immersion Day is, is basically a full experience of helping customers really understand the migration process, and using the migration tools by migrating a simulated on-premise environment uh, that's simulated on EC2, they go in and then use our tools, including ADS, application discovery service, cloud indoor, database migration. And we also included a migration factory module in there that will really help customers set up these migrations at scale. So these are two of the very popular and powerful resources that we'll share with customers where they don't have to depend on us and they can really go start, get a feel of it themselves, look at how they can apply those good concepts and those best practices in their migration approach so they can expedite the migration. 
That's really useful. Now, Elizabeth, let me come back to you because I think, you know, one of the, the benefits of the role you do is you get to talk to a lot of customers and I'm sure there's some great conversations but also they're going to also express some blockers that they find and, and want some advice to, to how to get over things. What are some of the blockers and, and challenges you see customers face and, and what are some of the, uh, the approaches they can take? Absolutely. We do speak to a number of customers about this and our team provides some great advice, I think, and helps customers get you know, get through them um, efficiently and quickly. I would call out, you know, our solution architects, as well as our professional services team, our business development team, and our partner organization provide some really great insights to help customers, you know, move through each of the stages. Now, you heard Paris talk a lot about the different technology services and solutions that we have to help customers through migrations. And there are, you know, a number of technical topics that customers need to cover in, in, in a large-scale migration to AWS. Interestingly, though, most of the common blockers are not really technical. They're more about people and they're more about culture. And so our teams are very skilled in helping customers get through some of the blockers that we'll see. And I'll talk about one that I see come up, you know, time and time again. And that sometimes our customers will sort of get stuck in this analysis paralysis, and they'll be really focused on trying to analyze every last bit of data that they can before they actually move off the starting line and get going with their early mobilize and early migration phase. And that is one of the things that we have a large number of resources within AWS to help customers through. We do often find that just by taking those small steps, by starting with a you know uncomplicated workload or by really, you know, getting the experience across the organization, doing some training, encouraging, you know, the folks in the organization to take a look at cloud and to dive deeper on, you know, some of the AWS topics that our team can help with. That's a great way to get customers moving through some of those typical blockers. And the migration immersion day that Paris mentioned is one of those mechanisms that we use as AWS solution architects to help give customers some exposure to the concepts and get that first step, that training going so that they're more comfortable and confident to move forward. So we we, we look forward to uh, to helping our customers down that journey. Some good tips there. Now, Elizabeth, I know your teams are hiring all the time. So uh, tell us a little bit about what kinds of folks you're looking for. Absolutely. We are continuing to grow year after year. And across the migration domain, we're really hiring for all roles. Business development, SA, we have enterprise technologists, professional services. My team is focused on the solution architecture group, obviously. We're looking for folks with five to seven years of experience in enterprise technology, working with large-scale distributed systems. It's really important for our folks to be great listeners so they can help work with customers, understand our customers' requirements of what they're trying to do for their business, and then help develop the right solutions for them to address those challenges. But as I mentioned, we are hiring across the board. Folks that are interested, I encourage you to go to the Amazon.jobs website and just type in Migration Solution Architects. And although I work in the Americas, we are hiring around the globe. So those opportunities are out there. That's great. Really useful tips for those people for whom this might be a passion. Thanks, Elizabeth, for uh, coming on the podcast and uh, shedding some light on this very important topic. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. And Paras, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Thank you, Simon. I'm, I'm again looking forward to speaking with you soon. Enjoy the sunshine and hopefully we'll, we'll get back together soon to do another amazing topic.
Indeed. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.